so let's see. <clears throat> All right, blood and thunder and the ocean and boats and dudes and beards. Bearded, noseless men Berserker. fighting berserker rampage bear people. <laughs> Wolf man. <laughs> Wolf bear man. You didn't say all of He will kill the guy. He will save his mom. He will have vengeance. His mom don't need saving. You gotta say all that again. <laughs> Alright, let's get it. Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, brace yourselves. Man the oars. Consume your peyote and go into a berserker rage. You will have vengeance. You will save your mom. And you will have vengeance again <laughs> as we jump into the Northmen for John's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my intros aren't always good. I'm very tired today, okay? But this is, yeah. Who are you? Mitch. I'm Mitch. <laughs> I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. I'm very tired <laughs> today. It's hard. I off. like how you responded to that like it was a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry. Tradition You're here. Good. Tradition here at the Grindhouse Cave. Wait, if wait, wait. You did not just call my place a cave. Apartment. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the the uh, estate. This is, this is the estate. This is the temple of the Grindhouse. Are you kidding me? The temple of the Grindhouse. <laughs> But it is tradition here for your birthday. You get to choose whatever you right. want. And everyone else has to deal with it. <laughs> Although in this case, we all saw the Northmen together and loved it. Yeah. True. So this is a, yeah, this is going to be a lot of, this movie's great. But Spoilers, we'll talk we liked it. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot. Um, a lot. So when I, when I watched it, I was like, this is my favorite movie ever of all time. And then I watched everything everywhere all at once. And that became my favorite movie of all time. But it's still up there as like one of the best narratives I've seen like ever. Yeah. Because it's just, there's a whole lot we're going to talk about, but... Um, it, I wanted to talk more in depth it about it. It is serene in its simplicity. I wasn't going to say serene. I was going to say it's sublime. Sublime in its simplicity. <laughs> yeah, simplicity. Because simplicity. It, it really gets at the idea of what it would mean for certain mythological things to happen. And one of the biggest ones being entering Valhalla is like supposed to be a very sublime experience for the yeah. people that it happens to. This shit is we'll get dope. more into it, though. You'd say it's less mythical and more religious. Yeah, very religious. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know, The Northmen was released this year in the current year of 2022. It was directed by Robert Eagers, who is also known for The Witch in the Lighthouse, which we have covered in past episodes. Also produced by A24, and I will say, we stand Robert Eagers in the chat. Yeah, holy shit. We've yeah. covered every one of his movies at this point. He's made three, but like still, <laughs> yeah. this is he's he's already marking his own style and what he wants to make. And so this is very cool. Like he just had the right group of people to oh, yeah. make something like this. And we'll talk more about who gets included on in it. Love that he reintroduces uh the same actors in different roles too. Yeah. Which is really cool to see. Definitely. Um his writer who he co wrote with very important. Yes, this is Sean. 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 Who is uh 
does a lot of stuff, mainly writing and poetry, but they also worked uh, as a collaborator with Bjork, who is also in this movie. Yeah. He, they met as teenagers and formed a two-person rock band called Rocka Rocka Drum. <laughs> I looked it up. There is still a little bit of stuff you might be able to find. <laughs> uh, when she continued with her solo career for music, he also began to write and produce songs with her and now uh, shares a lot of song credits as well as nominations. Uh, as I'm pretty sure, I think he's on every album on at least one song. If what I've been told by our Bjork experts down at the base. Thank you, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe I got it wrong. You'll tell me later. It's okay. Uh, basically, the film's narrative in this movie, it's based on the legend of Amleth, a figure in medieval Scandinavian legend. And it's basically the direct inspiration for Shakespeare's Hamlet. Yeah. It's the same character. So basically... You know, yeah, there's, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah, ha- uh, Shakespeare was a fanboy of, yeah. of certain Danish culture. If you look at it, I'm pretty sure Amleth and Hamlet is just an anagram of the other one or whatever that. Not yeah. an anagram, but it's the, the thing where you switch all the letters around and it's the same name. I think it's like an, it's Tom an Riddle yeah, and Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Yeah. There's some historical context for this movie. The chief authority for the legend of Amleth is Saxo. Grammaticus. 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 Damn. Damn, it's more dramatic than that. Grammaticus. Saxo Grammaticus, who is actually pretty well known because this is the guy who made the first written history of the Danish people. Oh, shit. And so he's like considered to be one of the biggest authorities because he was also like a a philosopher in the time, wrote a lot of different things. And so, yeah, yeah, he was one of those artists that like got taken care of by a rich person and was like, I need you to write some cool shit. And so he encouraged him to write a history of uh, the Danes. You mean the great pocket that we all wish to be under? <laughs> yes. As a creative, it'd be amazing to get taken under by an, a rich person who just wants your to see your art. artistic sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't like this album. Make another. Yeah, uh, another one. <laughs> That's fine. You're still paying It's like, me. can you give me another three grand? Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it, daddy. Nice. Uh, Saxo Grammaticus was the author of Gesta Danorum, which is the first full history of Denmark. And yeah, but this movie has some banger ass actors. Yeah, who we have shit. talked about what in previous roster. movies before. Alexander Skarsgård, who is hot as hell in this Shred movie. Shred it! Oh man, Ooh. that's been like one of my OG like actor heartthrobs is Alexander Skarsgård. And yeah. what's funny is the first time I saw him was in True Blood. Yep, he's the main character in The Northman here, and in that show he plays Eric Northman. He's always been the Northman. Was nice, he in Godzilla fact. vs. Kong? Yeah. Yeah, yes. he was. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I remember you talking to us about that. His brother is Bill Skarsgård, who yes. we AKA also talked about. Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and his father is also an actor. His whole family, I think, Yeah, there's a actors. lot of Skarsgård in, the, in yeah. the acting industry. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, they play the main character. I don't have the name for that. Oof. Oh, cats are fighting on set. You're talking about Amleth? Amleth. That's his name in this movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The main dude? Yeah. You didn't write the names of the actors on the outline. Or, sorry, the There's role. a whole cast lower in the outline. Oh. Don't try to flame me. <laughs> I ain't flaming you. I, this is a sidebar. I'm not talking to the mic. There we go. We have Nicole Kidman as Queen Gudrun, Amleth's mother. Who, Queen what? Gudrun. <laughs> okay. I can't. Maybe Mitch could read these. He's, he's more oh, cultured She's than She's great I at am. playing a crazy white woman. I not going to lie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cleus Bang is Fjolnir, the brotherless. 
Fjolnir. He's Amleth's uncle. We'll talk more about this is, guy because I, I'm yeah. really going to propose the idea. Was he actually a villain? Ooh. But we'll talk more about Ooh, it. That's a good. That's a good idea. Anna Taylor Joy. Yeah. Our bread and butter. She's having a great renaissance in film. As long as she keeps making movies, we'll still talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> She's just so weird looking. Not gonna lie, but like not in a bad way. She looks hella Icelandic. <laughs> Yeah. it's great that she has these powers too and she's like ah yes the earth gods and you're like oh okay he's a slavic witch yeah. slavic we all know anything about traditional slavic folk magic gnarly not really they no. got some dope gods okay ethan hawk as king arvindil the great casting the for father too. for uh amleth as well as fjolnir's brother and then we have willem dafoe a as uh Hamir, the fuel or the fool literally he's a the fool. jester he's the jester <laughs> he so even good. insults the dude when he first shows up and he's like i will literally kill you and he's like relax it's just a joke it's just a jest bro <laughs> he's just messing around that makes sense why he was the first person that homeboy killed yeah he literally <laughs> cut his head off and you're like oh all right bjork as the serious the serious then a bunch of all the extras nurs and doras and and but those are like yours. These are all the main nurse. people. Yeah. Yours and Murs and Nurs. <laughs> Hinga dinga dergen. Oh, no. Oh, no. So. Where's Lee Ferrickson? <laughs> Lee Ferrickson Day. Um, <laughs> so Robert Eggers met Bjork when he was visiting um, Iceland. That's sick as And hell. was like, oh, hey, I want to make a movie. And she's like, you should really talk to my friend Shone who is a really good writer. And so she linked them up and they met and he was like, I really want to make a Viking movie. And they're like, okay, I'll talk to you about it in a second. He went and go talked with Alexander Skarsgård and Skarsgård is like, I've been wanting to be a Viking in a movie forever. Please make this. So oh, he yeah. then goes and writes it with him, hires on some consultants and then they have their movie. They had just about everybody right from the get go. Like they just went and told them they're like, this is it. I'm on. Like, this is a great idea. Edgar's movie about Vikings. Yeah. yeah I'm sold. All signed on very quickly. And then because of their association, Bjork was like, I want to be in this movie. Shows up as a seer, which is amazing. Cause she's not like giving him the advice of like, Oh, you should like avoid violence and go live lovingly with your family. And she's like, you made a promise to kill this motherfucker. When you were a kid, you need to get back on your vengeance and kill this <laughs> motherfucker and like sends him off on his path again. So it's, it was really cool. It's pretty sweet hearing her just be like, Amleth. And you're just like, oh shit, that's Bjork. Yeah. I saw her live this year. So it's, I'm just like, it's really cool to see she's that. She's already like a mythical person in general to most people. So having her appear in something like this is also really cool. I remember seeing a post somewhere with someone who was from a newer generation and obviously didn't grow up with listening to Bjork's music was listening to someone talk about Bjork and was like, wait, this is actually like a real person. <laughs> oh. Like they thought that Bjork was just like a meme or something. Not no. like, thank you. <laughs> That's great. Uh. I love that. Um, other things to mention about the film's production is it cost them a lot of money to make it. They estimate it cost them somewhere around $120 million to make oh, this movie. Shit. And the movie only made $59 million. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's right now it's flopping and that's due to like critical response to it. Well, I feel like they got pretty good critical acclaim. That's mixed, but man. No, I think what happened is the critics liked it, but the audience did not. I thought it was the other way around. Like no. It's kind of like 70-70 right now. It's got like 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. They love is that this, shit. Is this one of the Green Knight kind of things, though? Yes, it yes, is. Yeah. Where, where the audience are... 
They don't Idiots. know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I was talking about this with Jonathan where I feel like there's a lot of stuff in this movie where it's like, if you know, you know. But if you don't know, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. As far as like the aspect of lore, legend, Wait. ritualistic magic, all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was like, what was I was browsing through comments and other people's like, like, like hot, hot quote unquote takes on this movie. Um, and one of them was like, too much mystical gobbledygook in this movie for me, and I was just like, "It's like, bro, do you know do nothing you, about Vikings? Do you know, like, <laughs> like, do you know, like, the Nordic peoples were pagan as fuck yeah. and had like all of this? Like, there's a reason why Amleth like shouts oaths out, like, outwards like that. It's not like an internal monologue. He's like literally it's, shouting them. It's an incantation, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, Something else to know is the languages they use in the film are Old Norse English and Old East Slavic. And mm. so these are all very accurate for the time period. And the reason why is because they hired on an archaeologist named Neil Price um, and a folklorist um, whose name is Johanna Katrine. This is the last name we're trying to figure out. Oh, <laughs> wait. Show it to me real quick. <laughs> is she a historian? Uh, She's a historian. A Viking historian. A folklorist, Terry Gunnell. So three different people, all as consultants. Hell yeah. So it wasn't just taken from one historical context. They pulled from everything in Scandinavia to make a story like this and adapted it. So they didn't copy the story exactly as it was. The thing is with uh, a lot of modern Viking and like uh, Nordic as well as Scandinavian art nowadays, a lot of it is watered down and like portrayed incorrectly. Which uh, I I know someone that lived in Iceland for about twelve years of their life. They came to America, and every time uh, we have a conversation about it, he's just like, "Dude, they made a fool of my people, man." Oh, this geez. like, did you see that show? I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Awful, god awful! Uh, I can't believe they did this." Robert Eggers mentioned uh, the show The Vikings, yeah, and mentioned how modern interpretations are not doing as well with representation for what it was really like um they are also very they're playing up the idea that there was a lot of female warriors in the in the era when it wasn't really that many and so they instead put in women in male roles instead of showing their own power within the roles that they took on which is what this movie did the thing that was interesting about that culture is even though there wasn't maybe as many female warriors as we think, women were still very, very highly regarded. Yes, yeah. There's even a line in the movie where he basically says everything we do is for the women. Yeah, yeah, he really like, does. We fight for them, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we kill and conquer lands just so we could secure safety for I think it was families. William Defoe too, who was saying that, like, they're the real brain power behind everything. Yeah. The ones that make things happen. I yeah, mean, they c- were, historically speaking, like, women actually had seats of, like, governmental power in their society. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, as well as their society is a harsh one that, you know, deals with a pretty, pretty unforgiving climate. So they had to be survivalist sort of people where they, mm-hmm. everyone had to have jobs. Everything had to be organized. And it was like, like a lot of women and stuff were really good at like, they would like sew sails or like help in ship making and stuff. Whereas the dudes would go out and actually do the stuff. Mm-hmm. But like it was important because if the ship sails don't get made, we can't go and do anything. So it's very important that 
that gets taken care of, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's kind of reminiscent of like in the fifties, how everyone would go to, was going to war and the females took over like the industrialization of America. <laughs> kind of yeah. like how they were welding tanks and making bullets and shit. You should go look stuff up. If you don't know much about that, this very, this informed a lot of film history during that time period. This gave rise to the femme fatale character mm-hmm. as well as neo-noir. <laughs> Hell yeah. So it's like, that's definitely a thing. I know before we went into this movie, Mitch was saying that he wanted to see how, uh, like how accurate they could depict like Norse yeah. mythology in this and as well as the culture. So that is always something like taken into consideration before it's watching the movie. a really nice balance of accuracy, but also adaptation intended for a grand legend to show in film. So like they obviously took their creative freedoms with a few different things, but it was very much following the storytelling method that came along with a lot of the myths. I would say it falls under like low fantasy. Yeah. In those terms, you know what I mean? Where it's there, but it's not so in your face. You know, Odin and Thor don't literally walk onto the earth and yeah. talk to people right. and stuff. They more come to you in like a vision sort of thing. Oh, it's yeah. great. Or I love animals that. or something yeah. else. Something yeah, like there's else. a little fox that was like guiding them around. I forget. I'm pretty sure there's a Norse god whose animal is a fox. Yeah. What they're represented by. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not too familiar with the gods of that pantheon. Yeah. It's, I know they usually have animal associations. Like the ravens and Odin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like well, that's one of the really on the nose ones mm-hmm. for and in particular as well as like there's the vines of the tree which we if you go back and watch our um, our witchcraft or we have two witchcraft episodes that uh, we brought Dorian on for and I talked a lot about like the Orlay and the you know the um, sheesh like the the great tree and all of that oh, and how everything is yeah. interconnected and the concept of fate. And all that, which is heavily discussed they in this movie. Made, oh, they yeah. made the idea of certain fates that are intertwined with each other a very tangible thing by showing you the visual of his family tree and the possibilities that could happen and come from that. Um, he also gets a vision of this from the seer, who is actually a seer. And like it isn't like suggested. She's like, no, I know what your future is. You need to take this revenge. And that's sort of like what your fate is. And that's like how the story plays out. The time will come for you to choose between your kin and your revenge. Yeah. Well, it says uh, uh, the guy tells him you're going to have to come to a point where you choose between the love of your kin or the hate for your enemies. Yeah. And he kind of defies that given thing at the end where he's like, I want both. Yeah. And he does get both. Yeah. yeah, he gets his family survives after that. His family survives, but he doesn't get to live his life. With no, them. but he is happy. I think about it because he, you know, spoiler, he he gets ascended into Valhalla at the end, and that's like, uh, that's like his happy ending. Like this is what all the Vikings want. They, they, they want wanted a, to die in battle, a glorious death. In yes, battle. which is you know you'll see a few other things mention that. This movie is like a really simple tale of a it's a revenge a, movie. Yeah. A prince seeing it's. Seeing his dad get capped by his uncle to take the throne. <laughs> the line his dad delivers to him before hitting him is also insane because he's just like, fucking kill me. He's like, even if you take my ring and put it on, he's like, it doesn't make a half breed a king. He's like, and you'll Yo. soon lose it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. You're like, she. Yeah. So, and he does, actually. Yeah. He does lose it. Um, so, what, so what are some things you have to absolutely talk about? Because I'm sure something stuck out to you like when you were watching it. Uh, for me, I really like, we'll get uh, someone go first. I got, I got something else. Um, so I, I liked the idea that you got to see him as a kid 
and then transition. So you get a little bit of a like time gap where you're like, where did he go? What did he do? And then he shows up and the first introduction to him is where they like get into berserker mode basically. Yeah, they're going upstream Which in longboats and right. Fucking... So this is definitely like it's real history. So like they definitely had guys who were considered berserkers. This is a great piece to put onto film where you see somebody like channeling a certain type yeah, of energy. That was a cool thing I appreciated them putting in is showing the berserker as being essentially like a spirit. Yeah. That you invoke and that's what they're doing around the ritual fire. They have seeing their skins the dude on. show up, singing like deep fucking chanting yeah. along with the drum and everything was insane. And invoking this berserker yeah. spirit into their warriors. They were acting like wolves. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They had the pelts and everything too. What was funny too though is the scene after when they go and pillage the village and then they're all just exhausted exhausted yeah. sitting around <laughs> they look like dogs that were just hanging out after yeah. playing with each other i for mean that's pretty time. much exactly yeah. what happens they invoke I, the spirit of the wolf they act as a wolf pack and then they rest i gotta say when we this scene came on they do a one take yeah. going through the entire battlefield with alex skarsgård just hunched over with two axes in his hand oh my god uh, he looks insane insanely beefy for the film like i don't know how you get that fit it was the stance for me it was the stance yeah i was He's just like, like hunched over invoking power you're seeing kids like, hide and people run into houses oh my god i mean i love that i'd love to hear um what's her there's a youtuber a lady who does like she follows like choreographed i think her name's bear up i think is her last nice. name but uh, i would love to hear her interpretation of this because i think that these fight scenes are so like they're not really stylistic or no. anything. It's it's very like I put axe in person, person dead, move <laughs> on to next person. I think what I like about these fight scenes is they're all extremely efficient. Like yes. every yeah. move, every strike is purposeful. It's not yeah. just for show. Because I love kung fu movies, but a lot of it is just like <laughs> parrying and blocking. Yeah, but this one, yeah. it's all it's all fucking. It's hits. getting to the point. Yeah. It's getting to the point. Dang. Axe go in skull. Done. Oh, yeah. Bringing in move some on. comparative analysis for kung fu martial arts and film well as a movement professional yeah, I, I really admire fight scenes in movies for the choreographic element i mean it is choreography you want to look at it in a certain way fighting is a dance and dance is yeah fighting. that's where the like the chore uh, choreography as well as like the acting and the editing all like meld into yeah. one kind of thing. Oh, also the cinematographer on this same cinematographer who did the lighthouse. Oh shit! So they it has were, a, it has a certain yeah. look to it. Yeah, it's so this is fitting into Robert Eggers' style, which is going to be very dark, gritty, and usually very surreal. Third so, period piece as well. Yeah, he loves his period pieces. <laughs> I don't think he'll make anything. In <laughs> he also the loves modern. ravens. Yeah, every yeah. movie has a fucking raven. In <laughs> <it>. <laughs> hey, not the lighthouse. That had a goal. Oh, that, 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 that. oh well, he likes birds. <laughs> yeah, you massacred a seagull, which is kind of might funny. be rougher to see on like a black and white movie. Might be harder to see a raven oh, than it would be a yeah. seagull. Well, so the seagull yeah, po pokes out more. Plus, it's thematic. But whatever, he likes birds. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, the scene after this where they like they're looking for slaves to take over. Yeah, it's and they're like, we only want the strong ones. Put the weak ones in the bar. Like, and then burn them. Yeah, yeah, yeah they and do that shit. And out pops Bjork. <laughs> right, yeah. There's also the moment, too, where a kid tries to stab one of them, and he's like, yeah, take that one. He's like, that kid's fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to he, stab me. Yeah, he, he gets on it pretty well. Yeah, so it's like seeing that happen, and then um, him leaving and coming back is a great like return because he just ditches whatever he's doing. To be like, oh, I have a chance to go back and do it. And the narrative just gets kicked off. Yeah, he finds from like a secondary character that the king actually, who took his yeah. father's place, got thrown out. 
Yeah, and he's like, oh, all right. And he's a farmer. Farmer in a different land now. So he decides to take the brand of the slave, brand himself, and go off on an adventure. Crazy. He just like burns it into himself, no problem. So casual, too. Yeah. Oh, I love love also when he starts going on the ship. It's very reminiscent of when he's a boy. And he's like, I will avenge you, father. I will save my mother. (laughs) And I will kill Fjordir. (laughs) That's his his mantra to himself. His oath. Yeah. It's the oath. It's also an oath, very much. It's probably... So if you're going along with their sort of... Uh, mythological references and how these characters go about things when he made that oath as a kid it sort of binds his fate as far as the story goes and they often refer to it as like threads like your thread of fate and they even considered certain lives being ended as the cutting of threads so it's like the reason why he has this um, set out for him is because he's meant to do this thing and I think that's also bringing in why Odin was very much like I want to see this vengeance take place because like he's all for it, and so he's probably what's probably why he interfered so much with what he's doing. Yeah, and going back to the threads of fate thing, I think it's really interesting that they pose this in the movie because I feel like this is a really good description about how magic works. Essentially, yeah. is that you have multiple. It's even like um, what is it? The multiverse theory as well. Oh. You have so many options talking about for, string theory yeah you have a lot of <laughs> options for any given moment and depending on oh, I see. the action that you take it sets you on a certain path and so the thing with magic and why incantations are a thing why he said his mantra is because it's essentially generating this path to open itself up to you so once you go down that path especially something like this it's sort of like a lifelong um how would you say contract right you know it, it's just really interesting that they post it this I way i gotta say like there is a uh like intersecting area where we all play video games and we're all pretty nerdy in our own respects. And some of us do practice some metaphysical things. <laughs> so to a, to an extent when we see this on screen, we're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. This is dope. Yeah. And I, that, yeah. But nowadays, like the thing is like, I'm thinking back to the comment on that you were talking about how someone said it was too magicy and too kind of, mm, I think at some point, there are people that will sit in the theater and they're just cool with this shit happening. They're like, yeah, dude, it's fucking magic. Deal with it. Yeah. yeah. And other people who are like, no, this is supposed to be historically accurate, but it is historically accurate. Yeah, exactly. You're just a fucking totally idiot. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that always is going to upset me is that magic has been a prevalent thing in every single culture for literally ever. Yeah. Until, you know, the crusades happened and burned all of this information out of everyone's consciousness and now we just think it's some woo woo bullshit but like this was it i remember when we were watching the scene and he goes into the like the ceremony type cave with willem dafoe and his dad and they're like tripping on peyote and they're like they're like thinking about the threads of fate and they're they're acting like wolves and doing incantations and stuff we were all like, oh, shit, this is dope. Like, all five of us were like, this is sick. I mean, yeah, he's like, I want to give you some magic mushrooms. You're going to go in. And it was like his his initiation. It's like his um, passing of, he's like, you're going to be king. Yeah. And it's like, so it was like, it's kind of wholesome. Like, it's him and his dad having a moment together with the dad's, like, best friend, basically. Yeah. <laughs> also, side note, something I really appreciate about this movie as well is that they don't, over exaggerate a lot of these magical aspects to the film right a lot of times people will hype things up and exaggerate them to make them more interesting but like you really don't need to if you do your proper research and they did their research for this film and i (laughs) i'm giving them high ratings for that yeah so definitely a good move to bring on consultants Mm -hmm. to get like the accuracies of it they had the tone and the theme 
down like really easily so like nothing about the film really takes you out of whatever narrative it is in fact you probably get more excited as I, the narrative goes on i love how they have the in-between sections with the uh the saying of the location in nordic uh uh nordic fucking ruins on the on the screen yeah to like actually depict when they're where exactly they're at so it plays out much like a stage play where yeah. they're like, here's the next section. This is where they're at now. You get a setting narrative, and that usually will be really positive. The vibe received. definitely shifts, though, when he finally makes it to the uncle's farm. Right. It takes a big turn for itself for the next so, hour or so. I really wanted to ask then, um, what did you guys think about all of the historical and like references to certain mythology? Do you think it was well done? Like, was there not enough? Did you I, want more out of this? Like, I feel like it's a pretty good balance. I find this to be a simple yet effective story. Well, where, all, what's cool is that all of Robert Eggers' stories are this way. They're all pretty simplistic as far as what they're wanting to do, but he he delves heavily into the context and tone that surrounds everything. Yeah, so he I, fills in the world a lot. I think that this is a much more accurate description of what some of these encounters may be like. Right. Oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of people who believe they've spoken with spirits or gods. And in most cases, they don't just show up in flesh form, sit on your couch and start talking to you. It's more like sort of a vision thing. That yeah, happens. I feel like Neil Gaiman does that a lot. Yeah, where, like the gods will show up and literally talk to you. I, I mean, it's <laughs> like it's like, you know, we could based upon our our you know knowledge of you know nordic mythology we know that amleth is going to get get his vengeance it's established in the beginning you're going to get your vengeance and it's, it's going to be at some like sort of cost the, uh, it's part of the, like the the pitch for the movie yeah exactly so yeah and, and you kind of like and they established that that well, this is where the story's going we're going to be going that way no matter what how we get there is another story However, I think that one of the biggest examples of this is when he gets captured, because at that point you're like, what the fuck's he going to do? How does he get out of this one? Because he has to. And then all of the ravens show up and clip his bindings that allows that allows Amleth to get free. Yeah. And it's like Odin himself sending his ravens to help out. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like a, a lot of cases how these deities might communicate or assist you is they're not right. going to do it with their own hands. They're going to send yeah, something send like some a raven assistance. or they'll send you a fox guide to show you which direction you should go in. Right. Um, I was a huge fan of the Valkyrie that shows up in all red riding the horse, just constantly screaming like that is the thing. But like there's a moment where she rides to the cliff and I'm not sure if this is going to be like a mystical moment where like wings pop out or something. And like she goes fine. But like the horse just keeps going and it like it ascends further into like this white light. And that's sort of the thing I had mentioned before where he was getting at the sublime idea of entering into Valhalla, which is I a very I thought there was going to be wings moment. too. Yeah. And I was like super surprised that there wasn't. And then that shot right there. It's an amazing it's shot. Like there's, this is one of like several that are just like some of the best cinematography you can see in any film really. They also had like some metal on their teeth as well. Yeah. So it's purely just decorative. Mm. Like this is because uh, people did that for a while. That was, Makes you look more fearsome. Um, uh, Aztec people used to grind out pieces and then put like what? a jade or not jade, um, turquoise and other things like L that. Like plenty of other, uh, you know, ancient civilizations, you know, they uh, being ornate and very particular about yeah. your art and things like that was not uncommon. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So and in a lot of cases, these things, these garments held some sort of symbolism and right. physical properties. Like in a lot of cases, Makeup was worn as a spiritual protective element, as also something to invoke uh, 
aggressive behavior. So why there's war paint? Because that war paint is supposed to symbolize a certain energy you're carrying. And I also love the, project uh, that outwards to your enemies. I love the one that goes over your eyes. Whenever you see people like a band that kind of yeah, goes over their eyes. Yeah, that as well. I'm super, Oftentimes yeah, used yeah. in ceremonial purposes yep. as well as uh, war incantations. Well, what I think I like a lot about this is they take the time to show you moments with the main character and with the mythological person, whether it's the, the witch he meets in the cave who lets him have a conversation with his dead friend. And, and then you get like, you get the amazing like lore scene of where that sword came from, which oh we'll talk about God. in a second. And then you end up having um, more information about his world that you need to know. And so you get these slower moments and then you get action and then you get a little bit of a slower moment. So their pacing was done really well as far as creating the story. But let's talk about the sword. I'm smiling. So, so I'm a huge fan of legendary items in any sort of story this is literally a blade that could only be quenched in human blood and could only be drawn at night or at the gates of hell (laughs) this is an insane weapon (laughs) and like he has to essentially go and find it he has to fight the guy who previously owned it but it isn't even like a real fight it's like a mental battle that he takes on that shit is really impressive (laughs) like honestly i it made me feel like oh shit that was dope yeah because he's fighting like a Draugr. I could only yes, describe it as that's that. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. And it's like a, a zombie skeleton mass of like an old warrior that mm-hmm. also had the blade at one time. Defeats it, comes to find out that he's only at the beginning of mm-hmm. where he started and just grabs the sword like nothing. Yeah. But it wasn't. <laughs> and it also plays into the narrative too. He tries to draw the sword at some point, but then it's dawn and he can't draw the sword because he can't take it out during the day. I like the area of uh film and tv where it is a person pretending to be several plagues or like several instances of bad luck for a village or area oh yeah he's really hamming it up like a god was punishing them right that stuff is always cool to see because you have different interpretations of how they would do things yeah well Uh, he's basically employing like scare tactics to the whole fucking village just one man doing this which is insane it was actually both him and the that's witch. true him and the witch were doing it because she helped she gave the magic mushrooms to everybody yeah, she said something too she was like you know your physique and my cunning yeah she's like you have the power to break bones and i can break their minds yeah yeah and so they work together can you imagine having such a bad mushroom trip that like a dude comes out and murders you while you're on mushrooms oh, like, just, that sounds awful awful well, one of the worst things that could probably happen and probably happened often and then rearrange the bodies into a cool sculpture yeah fuck that, yeah so oh my god <laughs> the fucking <laughs> the king's fucking kids dude holy shit the pipsqueak yeah it's like, like don't eh. don't ever talk to me like that again punches the punches dude. the dude and it does nothing <laughs> we all laughed we audibly yeah, laughed like, in the theater like the who is this guy who just does that um so what i really wanted to talk about too was is amleth actually the good guy and is his uncle actually the bad guy in this story yeah go for it it's kind i don't even really know if i have an answer because we kind of find out towards the end that he was essentially fighting for a lost cause because the reason he wanted to avenge his family is because he viewed them so highly but then he starts to find out more about them like the fact that his mother was actually the one to order the hit on his father and that his father essentially was um 
assaulting his mother. Yeah. And that's how he was born is out of assault. And it's why she doesn't really give a shit about him. Yeah. Because she wanted him gone. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so you're like, oh, man, his whole revenge thing was kind of like not. It turns yeah. into where it's like it's just about his dad. And sorry. The one thing, too, is that he, of course, had the option to choose family or choose his revenge. And honestly, after finding that out about my family, I would have just gone and started my own. I've been like, fuck these guys. I don't need to avenge them. But he still chose to avenge them anyways and never got to live with his family because he took the oath <laughs> yeah he, took he was the oath bound to and it he had, and he was like i'm bound to this now i have no, i have to do it yeah mm-hmm. he almost didn't but then he was like no mm-hmm. well he ends up having a vision yeah go ahead another thing too is i think in regards to the religion that he worshipped is that if he did not go and complete his vengeance he probably wouldn't have made it into valhalla right because if he had gone of his family he wouldn't have ever died in battle well, he would, he have would gone grow on, grow old die of old age yeah. most likely whereas in this way he was resolved resolving his battle you know his dad mentions that he his dad mentions that he doesn't want to grow old and become a gray beard mm-hmm. as in like an older Viking who kind of avoided fighting yeah. and that was considered shameful. So he's like, no, nah, I'm going to die in battle. So to get killed by his brother was pretty shameful and was like, this isn't how I wanted these things to go, but he's still a badass all the way to the end of it. And then for his son, seeing that, I feel like he took more of the idea of like, well, he had a better bond with his dad regardless mm-hmm. of what had happened to his family. Not to mention that he, he kind of kills his brother too in that moment and so killing them both and then the mom just being like i wanted you fucking dead that really throws in a lot of uh feelings towards the end where you're like oh man like should he actually do something this like is that a gut punch yeah it's a huge change in the narrative for what you're expecting because up until that point he's kind of like vindicated all the way through and then you get to this uh this point where like oh he's actually uh he's killed a lot of people up until that point for the one singular person that he wants to kill for revenge so he like he ended up killing a lot of innocent people in some ways. And so that kind of changes the idea of whether or not the uncle was actually a bad guy. So technically the uncle was skipped over as far as the lineage for who takes over. And so that could be why he was rightfully mad. But he says that the only reason he did it was because he wanted to save his wife from that. And that's why she loves him so much towards the end. So it's like this is why it changes your perspective on whether or not he was sort of justified in having that revenge. I mean, you could argue this about most media because like, yeah, it's really, days, it's yeah. really just, it's like, um, a personal journey, right? You're doing it for yourself. But at this point it's for his father and he's like kind of sworn into this. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm this far. I might as well go all the way. Right. Um, bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Insane ending. Like, one of the coolest fight scenes I think I've seen in a long while. It's giving me some major Star Wars vibes. Oh, yeah, because they have the battle in... um, A uh, fucking volcano. Yeah, basically the side of a volcano. Or the gates of hell. Yeah, which is also great. Like, they made it a physical place where it's like, this has to be the gates of hell because of this volcano exploding. The steam and fog and the way that they look in this battle is fucking incredible. Yeah. This shit's incredible. Their sword fight also isn't crazy extravagant mm-hmm. like you mentioned they do very precise like i think every strike someone gets injured mm-hmm. they aren't like just clashing swords and nobody gets hurt and so like and then you know it kind of ends in a draw although i do wonder what happened with the uncle because we do see his ascension in uh, Am- amlet's ascension into valhalla but like what would have happened to his uncle 
most likely the same. You know, did it happen? Yeah, was it the same? Did, he was he was a warrior. He was protecting in his family too. The prior war. Yeah. When his brother was in command, I would only for him to die in battle. It wouldn't be so far to say that he also made it into Valhalla. Yeah, I mean, really, the uncle did no wrong. He was just a weak king. That's all. Well, uh, I mean, he had yeah. slaves. He was still a weak king, though. He got run out of his own place. Yeah, he really did. Um, interesting, though, is that he got run out, but the wife went with him. Yeah. So she was never really looking for someone who was really like uh, meant to be in that role. She right. just wanted somebody who cared about her. I mean, she was a slave herself, yeah. so I feel like in her eyes, as long as she's not a slave, she's doing all right. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of a lot of things he change. Is the uncle together. a bad character? He's let not. Let us know. Um, I think he's yeah, let not. Us know. I think Honestly. he. Uh, I think he did a fucked up thing by killing his brother, but his reasons are justified, understandable, and, and in a lot of ways justifiable yeah. because he was he was essentially saving her. Although this is very much like him coveting his brother's life, like literally taking his wife, his kingdom. And killing his kid or trying to kill his kid. I mean, I don't even know if he really wanted to in the first place until uh, the king's wife started asking him, like, can you do this, this and that? True. And then also, you know, kind of ju- sweetening up the deal, the prospect that he would essentially be king if he were to murder his right. brother. Get rid of the so, You know, there's the a little bit line. of greed in there as well. But in my eyes, he's he's not a bad person and entirely. No one's good. A hundred percent good. No one's a hundred percent bad in this movie. Uh uh, except for Samwise <laughs> in Lord of the Rings, <laughs> who is the 100% good character. 100%. <laughs> different movie. Uh, yes. Completely different story. Um, I just wanted to make a joke about it. Um, so then how did you guys feel about some of the other elements in the film as far as like music, you know, cinematography, the the script itself? The location was all the locations. fucking incredible. Really yeah. good. Actually filmed in Iceland. Yeah, yeah, I give props to that. Cinematography is really well done here. Uh, at some point, I forgot I was watching a Robert Eagers movie. Oh, uh, honestly, because um, I don't know, it well, I just got gotta, sucked into the story yeah. really no, well. Yeah, I have to say that's something I really appreciate about this movie. Maybe it was because I went to go see it in the theater, so it was a little different. But I feel like a lot of times when I am watching movies, especially when we're covering them for the podcast, there's a point where like I kind of stop watching the movie. You know, I'm like doing something else. I'm not fully present. But this movie was interesting all the way through. Like the pacing was perfect. There weren't any too slow or too fast moments. Like it keeps you engaged the whole time. True. I I think I said this after we watched it, but like just to just to piggyback on uh, Justine's point over there. Probably one of the like the better paced Eagers movies, to be honest. Like, yeah, he does make long time. movies. <laughs> we, yeah, he does, and sometimes like, and sometimes I think that the pacing like turns some people away, and I think this is one of their one of his best. You also mentioned at the movie theater this might be one of the most accessible A two four films. Yes. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. That's definitely. Take- yeah, because A two four has been taking up a lot of different stuff, um, but. Uh, this one was this actually distributed by A two four? Yeah. Yep. I thought it was a different distribution company for the Northmen. No, I'm pretty I, sure it's still A two four. Yeah, A24. I think I think it's another company. Um, so then, how did you guys feel about his choice and ending? Like, should Amleth have gone with his new love and grown up with kids, or do you think he sh- should have definitely kept on his vengeful? Our tragic story? hero. Has an oath, yeah, and he's gonna fucking do it because, <laughs> and so I'm all for it. 
This movie was distributed by Universal Pictures and Focus Features. Gotcha. Damn. Yeah. So not an A24 film. It, well, it, well, A24 was a production company then for it. They must, their name is on it. Like It is? Probably a more it. minor production company. Isn't it? I don't think they have A24 on anything on The Northman. I think he's just worked with them the first two times, so thought he might be in it again. Yeah. Wow, I'm fucking dumb. Why am I dumb, folks? Wow, so we've misled everyone here into believing this was an A24 production. <laughs> it is not, and yeah. I'm, and I was... I don't know why. Why did I think I? You know, maybe it's because men. We saw the trailer for men, and that's why yes, I think. Yes, yeah, they now. showed. Yeah. Um, uh, Alexander Skarsgård was a producer on it, um, so yeah. he was like, "Yeah, I'll give some money to be a cool fucking Viking in this." Um, as far as the ending goes, um, I am kind of torn about it because uh, a big part of me loves the revenge story and the fact that he gets to die the death that he wants, but the other half of it is like. Um, I don't know if I would personally give up on having the, you know, the person I love a lot and having kids and like he, see the thing about it is that he saw the vision and he knew his kids were going to be born and raised. So like, he wasn't saying that if he didn't go, that his kids wouldn't survive. He chose to be a deadbeat. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He chose not to be there for the kids. I will do this and I'll come right back. Goes to the cigarette store and never comes back. Yeah. So (laughs) it's like, you know, that, that was kind of like, yeah. Didn't he say that to her before he left? Yeah. He said, he'll be back. back. He said, he'll come back. (laughs) Um, and he, and he totally does not, which sucks. Cause it's like, now she's, who knows if she'll be able to protect herself. Single and who knows if anyone's going to find the body because they did die on a volcano. No one's going to find them. Yeah. yeah, It's kind of insane. I mean, it is the gates of hell. They just kind of absolved into obscurity at that point. As far as like heft for lore goes, uh, one of the coolest things you could have thought of. Yeah. He's going to fight his uncle who killed his dad as part of a revenge story at the gates of hell with a sword that was quenched in human blood. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God. This is, can Where you imagine, do I sign up? Can you imagine pitching this? And they're like, this is amazing. Fuck yeah, let's do this shit. And then they, they film something like this. And then I'm more mad that people are like, what? Like they didn't like it. And I was like, oh, it's whack. Like how did nobody like some of this stuff? I don't know. We were at a point where people really like Viking shit too. Yeah. Like I feel like this is good time to be really oh, sorry. Like this. A lot of cringe people like Viking shit. <laughs> Maybe when it comes out on DVD, they'll get a little more sales. Yeah. But who knows? For every person that's like historically accurate and into that stuff, there's always seven people who just like, oh, yeah, I got Thor. I got Mjolnir on my fucking tattoo oh, on my body. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Mjolnir. Yeah, because oh. I like Thor from Marvel <laughs> and I'm fucking chud. So <laughs> then uh, what kind of rating? Or actually, no, I'm sorry. Favorite scenes. Favorite scenes. Yo, when the chick did the magic to make the sails go down. Woo, yeah, that's a that great That shit piece. was powerful. I, I got hair... The hair's standing up on my skin when I watch that. Yeah. He's like, he got Anna Taylor-Joy to deliver on that line. Like, she that was, was a great. great monologue. Got two words for my favorite scene. Volcano duel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Say no more. Lit In by fact, lava. Say less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, it. God. That's the one. Fucking, yeah, very much Star Wars vibes. Battle of Mustafar. <laughs> Uh, it was William Defoe in the leather mask for me. Yes. Yeah, him showing up and like basically have like giving them the yeah. uh, rites of passage. Yeah, for the son. I'm here for a shamanic William Defoe. Yeah, they're yeah. also like all naked <laughs> for these scenes. Crawling around on all fours. We were we were Hyper wondering Defoe. <laughs> we were wondering what kind of role he would have been in this movie. We yeah. knew it was a minor one, but being the jester and a shaman, yeah. pretty good. Awesome. 
We haven't seen him in a role like that. Also, what a cool duality, the jester shaman. Yeah. Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, just like, I am a fool. Haha, I made you laugh. Yeah, well, okay. Now let's get into the introspective shit. <laughs> so getting into like sort of the metaphysical representation of his archetype as the fool is in tarot, Major Arcana. The yeah. fool is card zero. It's the start of the journey. Ooh. And as oh, him being the fool nice... and the shaman, he is the one to initiate people's journeys, essentially. Man, they totally did that on purpose then. Oh, it's, a very, it's a very neat reference to to include in there i think honestly if you go through and analyze each characters you can attach a certain arcana to each of the characters could we say that the entire movie could be a whole 52 card tarot deck yeah i think that's i would say it's just the major arcana Mm. so what 10 22 i believe oh it's 20 22 22 oh 22 the power number (laughs) uh did you say your favorite scene yeah which so one? she did the, the spell. Oh, that's right. Um, I, that was sweet. I just, I can't get over, I can't get over legendary items. Yo, yeah, it was like, I don't know. Did they say it was like, like uh, forged by? So they, they tell they you everything by? about it. They tell you that one, it's a rare iron that you get to use. So they forge it. They use a real forging scene, which isn't like pouring fucking hot metal into a mold. Like, no, they actually pulled out the fucking piece of metal. They had dudes hammering it. They fucking uh, quench it. They clean it off. They shine it. You get the name from Willem Dafoe, which is an insane name. What is it? Uh, I, I think the sword is actually called Draugr. Yeah. And l- just the way he says it, it like yeah. it's like you're like, this is a noise he just made. <laughs> yeah, he does that. And you're just like, oh, my God. We just went, oh, in the movie theater. We're like, I yo. lost it. Is- Me blade. and John were sitting next to each other, like, shh quenched in blood and we're like yo <laughs> this is like one of the coolest ones. talk about cursed fucking item yeah. <laughs> like this is one of the top like also, cursed the items fucking Elden Ring moment where he goes up to the skeleton to retrieve yes. the sword and has to then that was a boss off. fight man yeah. 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 that was a straight up boss fight it was Holy great shit. yeah so that was uh, that was well, right up my alley for things I would want to include for any film to have that moment of just like look at this cool lore that i made <laughs> and like you just do something like that and it's because it's not done enough in my opinion you don't get that kind of referencing the stuff you get just like a mention of it i'm just thinking of like what would a cursed item like this say in a video game and say oh yes you will use this to defeat your main foe but you will also die at his hand yeah <laughs> right yeah so it's like you have an interesting narrative because with what they've created there he has very specific rules that he has to follow to use the weapon anyway. Yeah. And then you have to wonder what happened to the previous guy who was using it. Do you? Yeah, that's true. Cause he technically never gave it up. Yeah. He just died in a tomb, died in the seat Fuck. or they put him there like that with the sword. Nobody wanted to take it to from him. Protect it. Yeah. So it's like, that's a cool piece of backstory. So yeah, really impressed with it. Well, I love that. Yeah. Also, he's the only one that could wield it. Um, like for right now in his current, in the current state of the sword. Really? I feel like anybody could. No, the thing is, the sword's location opens up to the person. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. how he's able to find it and go for it. Because he get, he also gives him a little bit of a tip to like where to find it and how to defeat the guy. Oh, shit. Okay. Because he tells him um, to go and search for this place and then to be wary, or, or what is it, uh, to note, take note of the moonlight. Because mm. that's, well, that's what ends up defeating the, yeah. the what is it that you called it? Draugr. Yeah, the Draugr. He ends up defeating Draugr. it that way. Did you guys have any critiques or minor things that uh, you did not like with the film? 
Yeah, I think um, Alexander Skarsgård needed to be shirtless more. <laughs> uh, yeah, why was there not full frontal nudity? <laughs> yeah, I think there was, just not who we wanted it to be. At least not who I wanted it to yeah, be. I didn't see Alex Skarsgård go down on Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I was laying in bed naked together. I did not pay for you this. You mean laying in a forest? Uh, okay, so together. they were literally laying in the middle of the forest on some dirt. Just fucking. And you were like, oh. It was for the Lupercalia Festival. I mean, yeah. We okay. talked about we, this. Well, we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Oh, that's true. So the fun scene where Anna Taylor Joy and Alexander get together is at the Lupercalia Festival, which is a pagan festival. It's essentially like a um, kind of a fertility thing. You see them all dance around the fire, have a lot of fun. And then essentially what happens is both parties, male and female, are supposed to run off into the forest. And one acts as the hunter, the other the prey. And whoever the hunter gets, they fuck essentially yeah. yeah yeah they all agree to this by the way <laughs> yeah this is all consensual <laughs> this is part it's of all a, good yeah. fun it's all what they do this is also the second movie he's done with the people good, dancing around a fire good fucking fun good fucking fun <laughs> i had i had one critique with this movie bless you bless you i have one critique with this yeah movie. <laughs> uh, i think what i liked pretty much the entirety of this film the only thing that i did not like is in the shamanic cave where they do the thing and he tells me tells him look at your family tree the cgi for like the actual family tree took me out of the story for a good like two minutes um i did not like how the shot was composed i would have liked something a little bit more simplistic rather than seeing cgi bodies connected to a world tree. oh yeah they had like and this, also uh, it came from his wound and i was yeah. like is this a wound or what's going on oh we're going inside the wound now they went to like the idea of, oh, this is part of his bloodline. And so they did a very uh, direct yeah. metaphor for that. My problem is not like the actual showcasing of it. My problem is how it is actually uh, graphically designed. Yeah, somehow I would have been okay with like uh, your old school painting. Yeah. Like what they did in Midsummer. But this, is a, this is a very minor gripe yeah, that I have. Fair. This is the only thing that took me completely out of the scene. And I had to be like... Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. I'm watching. I'm watching the Northman. That's right. Okay. So that was my only gripe because the it's not as crisp as some of the other stuff. Yeah, I mean, so part, it, that kind of ties into some of the complaints that I might have, but it's more along the narrative and how it plays out. This is a very convenient story for the main character, as in like there are several opportunities for people to kill him and they don't do it, mm. and it's very convenient for his character to get away on some of these things and it's like he basically has the deuce ex machina like the god machine comes in and saves him which is odin's ravens cutting his ties and letting him go and finish the story because otherwise he had lost like they yeah. captured him and we're gonna fucking kill him the next time they came back so like that to me is kind of like eh. but it's like this is very much a hero's journey archetype story where like you get to see all of the moments play out and it was a lot of fun all the way through. It looks fucking good too. Yeah, talk about you like so the cinematographer knew what the fuck he was doing when he was using his camera. An amazing crew, I bet, to get all of the lighting done. Great costuming. Crazy ass crane shot in the yeah. village, dude. Oh my god. So all really well done as far as the team goes. Yeah. Ratings. Hmm. Ten out of ten. No questions asked. Oh, it's a 10 for me, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, prior to watching the newest film I watched, this was, I thought, to be one of the best films in a while. So 10 out of 10. I want to go 10 out of 10. 
and I should, but I have that minor gripe. But is it enough to break the whole movie for me? I don't think so. <laughs> I could look past the bad CG. That uh, will not hold up in a couple of years. So what's oh, your maybe. rating huh. then? Ten. Yeah. Yo, 10s across the board. Yeah. I'll I'll fall into it. This is <laughs> you got approved me. Grindhouse Fresh. Gr- yeah, Grindhouse approved grind, grind, yeah, Grindhouse we've, Crew Fresh. <laughs> we've got like less than a dozen films that have all gotten perfect ratings. I think the last one we had was One Cut of the Dead. <sighs> no, there was... Was there one more? Oh, wait. Attack the Block. Attack the Block, I think, got a perfect score from all of us. Yeah. Yeah. But um, otherwise, highly recommend. Go watch it. You can actually rent it and stream it. Uh, because they released it on digital oh, um, hell yeah. streaming services. Yeah. Also, it was fucking annoying to... I want to talk about this real quick. It was very annoying, and I'm bringing it up, to find tickets for this because right now... I mean, it's been out for a minute, but when Marvel drops new shit, they buy all the fucking yeah, theaters. all the spaces. It's just like... Yeah. There'll be 17 or 20 showings Are of talking about, Doctor um, Strange. Doctor Strange movie. And then there was three for the Northmen. One at night, one in the morning, one in the evening. If you like Sam Raimi, go watch Doctor Strange. Yeah, Sam Raimi's a cool guy. I like Sam uh, Raimi. I digged it. It was just cool. You should also check out the new Evil Dead video game that yeah. Sam Raimi and uh, Bruce Campbell did. I love that. Bruce. So, yeah, this is great. He's he's always doing shit like that. Um, and then I also recommend going to watch Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. It's an amazing and movie. You want to hear us talk about Robert Eggers' other movies, the only yeah, other two that he has? Yeah, episodes. We have an episode on The Witch that we covered a couple years back as well as The Lighthouse. Lighthouse is... Oh, go go listen to The Lighthouse because you get to hear a monologue from Mitch. <laughs> oh my God, it's fucking The curse epic. that happens in that... Is Hark! Hark! <laughs> Frighten! Hark! Yeah, that, that one. Amazing. And I love that part. So definitely go check it out. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the episode. If you'd like to support us, check out all of our things that we have on our link tree. We have the social medias where you could check out our Twitters, Instagrams, and Facebooks. Yep. Get up to date on our content as well as our public Discord where you could join, talk to us about the episodes. Yeah, talk directly to theory. us about some of these things, argue. There's hang a, out in voice chat. Yeah, you can hang out in the voice chat when people are playing video games and shit. Yeah, we also stream on Twitch occasionally. <laughs> and soon we'll start streaming the podcast yeah. on Twitch. Yeah, we're really looking to figure out a way to get a visual portion so that you can see us. <laughs> we're also thinking about having a movie night where you can watch some movies with us. On Discord, yeah. On Discord. Yeah, because yeah. we can provide every movie that we uh, talk about. Yeah, and then if you would like to check out a way to support us financially, give us some moolah so I can buy stuff. Buy more video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, check out our Patreon where for $2 a month you can become a subscriber, get access to all our bonus content, as well as recommend a piece of horror content for our episodes. Then, while you're still there, check out the link tree where we have our Teespring, where we have merch of all kinds. Get a cool shirt, nice Hats. hat, get your mug, yeah. go out a glass, yeah. a pint glass with our faces on it. Yeah, you got the cool chibi versions of us. Yeah, and then if you're still itching for more, check out check us out and give us a follow on Spotify. Go look at the other 120 episodes that we've made. That too. <laughs> we have so much content, yeah. and more yeah. is coming out every week. Yeah. So check it out. Definitely. Check oh, it out. Oh yeah, check out our Apple Podcast where you can give us a review. Let us know how we're doing because your feedback means a lot to us, and your comments that hate us, they just embrace us. Yeah, shout out to the guy who uh, who bombed us that one time.
Dude, that just, for the algorithm, that just gave me more power. <laughs> <laughs> These tears taste good. All right. Thank you. Go watch The Northman. Yeah, definitely. It's a good movie. Uh, I'm Mitch. I'm Murr. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. Bye. Bye.